Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who and I have been working with these children for over 30 years, and I can tell you that with the right support, they all do great. So enjoy these podcasts, and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. Welcome to the last podcast for the year 2021. Tonight, I want to focus on educating politicians on the benefits of helping children and families. As I look to the future of 2022, I must look at what our country has done for children and families in 2021. Due to the pandemic, there were many programs initiated to support children and families. But now with the Build Back Better bill, we are seeing certain politicians refusing to continue programs which have helped some families out of poverty and to increase safety nets for others. The most blatant example of a politician who is the epitome of Scrooge when it comes to supporting initiatives which would protect many children with the adverse childhood experiences that poverty can expose them to is Joe Manchin. Joe is one of the senators from West Virginia. He routinely supports the fossil fuel industry, but says that providing child tax credits to children and families as a monthly stipend and family medical leave would be a waste of the taxpayers' money, since all that would happen is the parents would get more drugs and take time off to go hunting. I would love to know where he gets his facts. Let's start with drug abuse. According to the National Center for Drug Abuse Statistics, only 11.7% of people over the age of 12 use illegal drugs. If you add in misusing prescription drugs, such as opioids, it is up to 19.4% of the population. And if you add in tobacco and alcohol, you finally reach a majority of the population at 60.2%. Let's look at what this is costing the U.S. right now. There have been 700,000 drug overdose deaths in the U.S. since 2000. There is a 35 billion federal budget for drug control in 2020. 19.4% of people have used illicit drugs at least once. Now let's look at drug abuse in West Virginia. West Virginia has had significantly increased problems with opioid addiction. According to the National Institute for Drug Abuse, West Virginia in 2018 was the highest in terms of opioid related deaths per 100,000 in the US. West Virginia is the seventh highest in terms of opioid prescriptions per 100,000 people. The CDC for 2019 also places West Virginia at the top of the drug overdose deaths table. Now, if we just look at the second group, Joe Manchin would deny child tax credit and paid family leave to 80.6% of the families So if we just look at the second group, Joe Manchin would deny child tax credit and paid family leave to 80.6% of the families to quote, maybe, unquote, 
stop the other 19.4% of people from misusing the benefits. Well, now let's look at the hunting reason. According to the North Carolina State University article from January, 2021, only 4% of the US population are hunters. And the number has been declining for a number of years. So it doesn't look like too many people will be taking time off to go hunting since there's very few that do it anyway. But it does mean that funding for conservation work throughout the US and individual states will decrease because their funding allows for conservation. But will Joe find funding for that? Based on his 2018 election efforts, he will since he kept showing that he is a pro-gun advocate and claimed to be a West Virginia hunter. Unfortunately, the NRA didn't support him, rather endorsing his opponent. So if I was to speak to Mr. Manchin, how would I attempt to convince him that supporting the family-friendly programs in the Build Back Better bill would be fiscally responsible? First, drug and alcohol use are tied closely to poverty, adverse childhood experiences, and literacy issues. Just recently, Newsweek published an article on Bette Midler's rant against Mr. Manchin for not supporting the Build Back Better bill. She had been called out on saying that West Virginia was poor, illiterate, and strung out. While she did apologize to the people of West Virginia, the facts are more broadly accurate. Looking at poverty, one child in four in the schools are living in poverty in West Virginia. According to World Population Review's report on the poorest states, West Virginia was the second lowest at 17.54%, beating out Mississippi as the poorest. Now, if you added in Puerto Rico, then both Mississippi and um, West Virginia could move up a slot. The national average, however, was 12.39%. Literacy is the second issue, according to the National Center for Educational Statistics, 21% of adults in West Virginia read at a level one literacy proficiency. This means that they can understand simple sentences. The different literacy levels are described as followed. Level one indicates persons with very poor skills where the individual may, for example, be unable to determine the correct amount of medicine to give a child from information printed on the package. Only 35% of West Virginia adults are at level three, which allow them to understand more complex documents. Level three is considered a suitable minimum for coping with the demands of everyday life and work in a complex advanced society. It denotes roughly the skill level required for successful secondary school completion and college entry. Like higher levels, it requires the ability to integrate several sources of information and solve more complex problems. Seems to me that's what I did when I developed this podcast. I integrated many sources of information to create a coherent podcast to talk to you about. Levels four and five describe respondents who demonstrate command of higher order information processing skills. As a frame of reference, our public education system has a benchmark goal for all students 
graduating to be reading and comprehending at at least an eighth grade educational level. This means that they're not really preparing most students for college studies. And it looks like for West Virginia, that benchmark is also lower. Now from all of this, we then really should look at the justice system because those three areas of concern end up having more people and in the justice system. And if we look at where many people end up who have experienced poverty, drug abuse, illiteracy, and adverse childhood experiences, this is what we're gonna see. And we how much of an annual budget for federal, state, and local prisons or jails could be decreased if we provided safety net supports for our youngest citizens? According to the VERA, V-E-R-A, Institute of Justice in 2015, among the 45 responding states, the total state expenditure on prisons was just under $43 billion. According to GoBankingRates.com in 2018, the federal prison's yearly expenditure was $5.8 billion. So combining federal, state, and local justice facilities would cost the U.S. $48.8 million per year. What is the Build Back Better program gonna cost? Well, on a per year basis for the 10-year program, it'd be a little more than $200 billion per year for childcare supports. It would be $200 billion per year for universal preschool. It would be $200 billion per year for paid medical and family leave. And it would be $213 billion per year for the child tax credit. This is a total of $813 billion per year. So I guess it is cheaper to let our children fail and just go into the justice system. Oh, but wait, I didn't look at what poverty is costing us right now. Well, according to the Children's Defense Fund in 2020, poverty is costing the US $700 billion per year in lost productivity, which also brings in health problems and crime. So let's add this up. $88.8 billion for prisons and jails, $700 billion for the cost of poverty. Okay, that's $788.8 billion. Oh, well, that's just 97% of the cost of supporting our children. But, and this is a big but, by investing when they are young, less of them will end up in poverty. Less will end up doing drugs. Less will have mental health problems. Less will be incarcerated and less will be unemployed. Come on, Mr. Manchin. Can't you see that this is a good investment in the future of not just your state, but also the rest of the country? You are never gonna get everyone to do the right thing with support programs, but to deny over 80% of our children for the failings of 19% of the adults seems to be a stiff price to pay. My call to action to you this week is if you agree with what I said, please share this podcast with others. I would love it if Mr. Manchin could hear it and think about what it's going to cost us if we do nothing compared to what it's costing us right now.